0: 6:30 Chad afternoons with Jalen Nye weekdays at two on 6:30 Chad.
1: Well, while Edmonton City Council debates its mask bylaw later this week on Friday, should it be lifted July 1st or stick around a bit longer? Many of us are looking at life post-COVID, or as our next guest has termed it, COVID. <laughs> In his latest article, Dr. Peter Brindley takes a look at and and make some predictions maybe for a post-COVID word, world. <laughs> it is a word, too. Uh, Dr. Brindley is a full-time critical care physician at the University of Alberta Hospital and a friend of this show. Peter, welcome back to 630Chad. Thank you, Jaylin.
0: Nice to talk COVID,
1: to you. COVID, yeah. I like it. Yeah, where'd that, where'd that pop into your head? How'd that get
0: You know, doesn't everybody want to own a word? Be known as the (laughs) guy that came up with the word. Uh, Well, I mean, actually, the idea is, I'm going to get pretentious for a second, a a portmanteau is is, is a word smash where you take two words, put them together, combine their sounds and their meanings and their spellings. So, you know, a motel or a brunch or Brexit. <laughs> and, and so it's a way of understanding new realities and trying to wrap your head around some of the old ideas mm-hmm. apply, but there are new ideas and it's sort of a brave new world. So that, and, and by the way, COVID is one of the word smashes anyway. It's uh, from coronavirus disease, 2019. Mm-hmm. So, So mm-hmm. it just seemed appropriate.
1: So, you know, you're, in your latest article, which I found it was a really, really great read, actually, because you're just kind of guessing a little bit or maybe... You know, looking at what uh, the world might look like moving forward, and, and you tackle a few things that I think a lot of people are thinking about right now, or certainly have been thinking about a, a lot of over the past 16 months. And one of them is is about masks. We know City Council is is debating it. We know the province uh, has made its decision as of July 1st. But I think a lot of folks out there are really trying to determine whether or not they are going to or when they're going to wear masks moving forward. Some are saying no, not at all. Others are saying yeah, I going to do you think that this is going to become a a more just acceptable thing and maybe we don't look strangely at someone at the airport when they're wearing one
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's an interesting reflection to go back 18 months when you first saw people wearing that much thought gosh how strange that looks and and, you know people who would come over from Asia where there is more of a cultural tradition of wearing masks and you would see them at airports and think oh how strange I mean, I write these British Medical Journal pieces, and if anyone wants to read my dirge, that's where you find them. Just type in my name in British Medical Journal, and they'll come up. But uh, from the healthcare worker's point of view, I I think, sadly we will be wearing these things for a heck of a long time because we're indoors and because this disease is going to be endemic for a while that's indoors and that's in a hospital and it's going to be all sorts of in between you know all the way from when you're out for a hike and you're on your own well no you don't need a mask of course you don't um and everything in between is going to be debated and I'm, i'm fascinated to hear what the city comes up with just like everybody else
1: One of the things that I've seen over the past uh, number of months is a lot of people making career changes, um, packing up and moving to be closer to family. People just saying, hey, you know what, this isn't all about work anymore. I want to get on with living. I want to be with family. I want to do the things that make me happy. And and you touched on this and uh, suggested that we we might see uh, more working to live and less living to work, and I liked that.
0: Yeah, well, we may. I mean, workaholism is another one of these word smashes, and and admittedly, the guesstimates that I offered that's another word smash. But um, (laughs) that might be true. Now, you you know, it'll be interesting and despair-inducing how quickly we may go back to our old ways. I mean, I'm a doctor that has seen a shed load of premature death, Uh Um, and I... Overwork um, and justified, and I'm quite self-righteous about it, and think, well, I'm doing, you know, incredibly valuable work, blah blah blah. When in fact, uh, I might have stepped back from all of this and uh, and said, I'm going to work less. So it's a debate for all of us to have internally, but it has allowed the sort of societal debate of, uh, as you say, do I work to live or do I live to work? I am very worried. We're going to lose a lot of our nurses, and that we're going to lose a lot of senior doctors who are just going to say. I'm I've done my bits i'm done there must be other ways to uh bring home the bacon
1: well, talking about other ways of, of doing things, I think a lot of us have, um, you know, we've been forced into the online Zoom calls for meetings, conferences, this working remotely. And and I wonder what this is going to look like moving forward for the medical community and for those who, you know, don't want to go sit in a doctor's office for for a half an hour or so, you know, you know, whatever. Um, but we seeing more remote work being done in the medical area. And I think this is going to be really important moving forward uh, for the community for the medical community and for opening up doors to get more people in to see doctors uh, and, and medical attention
0: Yeah, it's, it's a very good point zoom is now worth more than ExxonMobil and a whole bunch of other <laughs> big companies it, it really is no exaggeration to say communication and congregation and the new oils you know these things are worth a lot and are going to be focused on a lot in terms of, I always worried that patients in Alberta were driving four and five hours only to be told what they already knew. Um, and so Zoom meetings have been great from that point of view. Uh, um, but we still want to live in 3D, not 5G. So there, there is going to have to be a debate about everything from conferences to education to what is the purpose of why we're getting together it is sort of a brave new world um it is interesting how in the medical field there isn't a massive push to get back to doing face-to-face consultations uh but we need to hear from patients you know lots of doctors have given their opinions and said well actually this isn't too bad but we need to hear from patients because that's Uh why the system's set up not for the needs of doctors
1: and vaccines my goodness i mean look what has happened uh since uh, the vaccine rollout there has been uh, boy oh boy a spotlight just shone on the lack of vaccine uh production capability here in this country yep. and that is slowly changing again but we've seen the work and and what has happened in in under two years which is absolutely remarkable if anyone had told me you know and, and they did tell me some people did tell me oh no we, we will have a vaccine things will will get moving if anyone told told me that we'd be where we are right now a year ago i i i didn't believe them so to be here is really phenomenal
0: yeah i mean they they say predictions are difficult to make especially about the future um the there had been a lot of work on mrna uh, vaccines anyway and with the human genome project it wasn't as shocking it was delightful but it wasn't that shocking that they were able to sequence things and when they moved a lot of the government red tape out of the way they were able to bring this vaccine out sooner now you've mentioned and other people have mentioned concerns about this being rushed to market, but they haven't seen the inside of an icu um I, I would point out i'm on the covid icu this week and all of the admissions are people who still refuse to get vaccines Uh, The vaccinated people are not coming in to our units or even if they've had one vaccine and they're a couple of weeks out they might get sick but they're not getting deathly ill. Now there'll always be one or two exceptions and that's why people need to get their vaccine so that they can protect the elderly who can't mount an immune response and therefore get the full benefit from the vaccine and there will always be one or two people who who just can't take a vaccine for, for immunosuppressant health reasons but I think we're going to see a lot more talk about it. I graduated from medical school in 1996 quite some time ago but there really wasn't much talk about vaccines when I went through. It was a sort of, yeah, and you take all your vaccines and everything's fine. There really wasn't much talk about science, what was coming down the pike. And I think that's absolutely going to change. It's one of the biggest things I've learned is that rather than the tubes and the pills and the machines and the shiny technology in the ICU, that so much of our effort needs to be put into prevention.
1: What, uh, I know we've talked about this, and you said you're looking forward to seeing a uh, family uh, back home overseas and uh, do some traveling, get out and enjoy some music. Mm-hmm. You know, moving forward, we've heard Dr. Hinshaw saying, you know, we have to learn how to live with this because it's not going away, especially with mutations and that sort of thing. I mean, it, and that's, that's just going to be a, a reality of it. This is something that we are going to have to learn how to deal with, and the more that. Uh, the more of us that are vaccinated, the better that um, outcomes are going to be.
0: Hallelujah, Jalen. I was was about to say that and say that, you know, even if my Twitter inbox fills up with some of the, uh, how can I put this, strident disagreements that people have Mm. sent my way, um, absolutely, that is the best chance to get rid of this and or keep it absolutely under control. One of the interesting things about the 1918 flu was that the the bug, the influenza that that was, stuck around into the 1950s. Wow. Now, now, yes, people got herd immunity, and, and unfortunately, so many more people died because of that. And so... That's how viruses often get rid of themselves. But uh, this will be with us for quite some time. And there's going to be countless PhD theses, and I hope town hall debates and discussions, where we hear from everybody, not just eggheads like myself, but we hear from business owners and teachers and bus drivers. and Because yeah, we all have a stake in this. Every single one of us does. And we have a back and forwards discussion about the cost of isolation versus the cost of allowing things to run rampant. You know, and there is still a discussion to be had. Uh, It's when people take these entrenched uh, viewpoints of either utter denial, which is dangerous, or or panic and pandemonium, which is not constructive because that's not how you engage people and bring people along.
1: Peter, always great to talk with you. Thank you for this. Uh, I look forward to talking again in a few months when things maybe are getting a little bit even more back to normal. Thanks for this.
0: Absolute pleasure. Best wishes, everyone. Bye-bye.
1: Take care. Dr. Peter Brinley, joining us this afternoon.